Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Lieutenant Colonel Chani Cordero, CIO of the Defense Health Agency's Education and Training Directorate. In this segment, she talks about how using a contract agency helps keep vendor relationships honest, the most valuable lessons she's learned during her time with the Army, and why she believes it's critical to be actively involved in professional organizations when you're under certain constraints, and a lot of hospital leaders can relate to this too, the onus is, is on, on you, I guess, to really make sure that you're getting the most out of these agreements and make sure that, that it is a partnership that benefits you as much as the vendor. Absolutely. And we're very fortunate, I think, in public sector too, that we have a contracting agency that mm-hmm. provides a lot of those guidelines for us. And so mm-hmm. though I may have some influence in how the statement of work is created, I don't actually choose the vendors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the contracting agency does that for us based on the request for a proposal and the the packets that they they receive back. And so I think that helps a lot because it takes away the perception of being influenced, right? Because for our contracting officers, you know, they don't know the vendors specifically. And my task is to ensure that that statement of work details the requirement, not that, oh, you know, I really like company X, Y, and Z because they took me to the steak dinner, which that's already wrong to begin with. But, you know, we went to this dinner, so therefore I'm going to, you know, throw business away and justify it. I think that the way the public sector does it really keeps that separate. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. And I'm, I'm sure that you know you see a lot of this when you go to the conferences and events. A lot of the the kind of wooing that comes. Right, out. right, right, right. So I mean, again, I mean, I'll take your pen because it's under five dollars. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. So now you said it's coming up on four years or three years? In your It'll life. be three years for me okay. in August. And so moving on, my next assignment is I'm going back to a hospital. So I'm extremely excited because I've been away from the hospital for the last couple of years. And so yeah. ready to go back to the business of healthcare. Okay. And so, yeah, as you just touched on, that's where a lot of your experience was. And it seems like you were able to get kind of a variety of different roles in healthcare. Do you think that that's kind of given you a, a good foundation? No, absolutely. And so the way, and I'll specifically talk about the Army because the Air Force and Navy grows their CIO slightly different than in the Army. But mm-hmm. first and foremost, the Army teaches us how to be leaders. Right. That's absolutely the best aspect that I have is just learning how to be a leader, learning how to influence, motivate, and bring an organization to change. The second part of it, though, is absolutely the experiences you get in being a leader. So being thrust into different organizations, you know, you start off small and then you go to a medium size and then to a larger size, and that's pretty much how our career development goes. But then there's times that we step out of that role and we might do something different. So, for example, for myself, I stepped out of the role and I did a stint in managed care, learning how to lead our health insurance TRICARE, running that particular office. And that had nothing to do with IT, but it was part of the healthcare spectrum. And so that gave me a different perspective. And now that 
I done a job like that, it helps me understand how I support a lot more efficiently. Right. I would think that with the direction healthcare is going with, with value-based care, that's really going to be a, a valuable experience to be able to draw from. Absolutely, absolutely. I always jokingly say that we're always hiring, right? <laughs> the military is always hiring. I've had a very successful career for me and my family. The military has provided lots of opportunities, experiences that I think some people don't ever get to get to experience. Just being able to, you know, work with the greatest nation on, on earth and working with our service members and ensuring that their health care needs are taken care of, I mean, I have no bigger honor than that. Right. And now as far as uh, where are you going next, do you know specifically yet or is that not? Uh... <laughs> no, I do. I do. So I'm going to Fort Hood, Texas. Okay. And I'm going to be the CIO at the Darnell Army Medical Center. Okay. And then, as you said, you're looking forward to that role. What is the size and scope of that organization? Fort Hood, I just want to give you a background. Fort Hood is is a large, extremely large um, Army base. If it's not the largest, it is probably the second largest facility that that the Army has. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's thousands of soldiers, sailors, um, well, mainly soldiers, but there's also sailors and airmen that that are stationed there. And so Darnell is unique because it's one of the few facilities in that area. And so they essentially support about 42,000 active duty personnel and then over 140,000 family members. And so they deliver lots and lots of babies there, so that's something that's always exciting. If you ever have a bad day and you get to go to to see the babies, that always makes the day even better. Oh, yeah, sure. But the majority in the military, we do a lot of outpatient care, more so depending on the complications of the inpatient, if we do it or not, or if we outsource. So we do work with a lot of our local partners, hospitals in the area to also help take care of our service members. Okay. And so for the most part, have you been in Texas with the exception of uh, TRICARE? Um, so, no, actually, um, I've been in, in, in Texas for the last couple of years because I received a fellowship to go to the Army Baylor program, which is a grad school program. So I was in grad school for two years, uh, one year doing the actual didactic training, and then the second year I did a fellowship at a civilian hospital here in San Antonio. Started my career in Texas, in Fort Hood, to be honest with you, and then from there I went to Georgia, um, Augusta, Georgia. And then I went to Maryland, Aberdeen Proving Ground. And then from there, I lived in Korea for a couple of years, for three years. And then we came back to Texas. Okay. So we've been around for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's certainly typical of a military career. But do you have, like, other family in Texas or kind of a network there? Yes, absolutely. So I actually come from a very heavy military family. So both my parents served, and of my eight aunts and uncles, five have served. And so my mom actually still serves. She's a retired Air Force, and so our family holidays can be quite fun as well. But she's retired Air Force, and now she's a federal employee for the Air Force. Okay. And my dad as well. My dad works for the VA, and so in his way, he's also continuing to serve. Oh, right, yeah. Sure, he's got some interesting stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
that last thing I wanted to ask about was, was the work that you do with organizations like CHIME, with the you know, Women's Leadership Committee and the Diversity Committee, and just wanted to talk about how this type of work benefits you and what you get from that. No, absolutely. So, yes, I'm very active in CHIME. And I like to serve on the committees. So for one, I believe if you're going to join these professional organizations, you really should be a part of the community. I mean, what's the purpose of joining if you're not going to serve and be a part of it? So with CHIME and some of the committees that I've served on, I get a personal fulfillment in just being able to serve the community that I believe in. Um, you know, for me, I guess work has to have meaning. I have to do it because I fundamentally believe that it's for the greater good. And so I enjoy serving, and I enjoy serving on the committees for that alone. But, you know, on the professional side, I also learned just new aspects of healthcare or in the healthcare delivery that I never thought about. I mean, in the military, you know, we're pretty much outpatient, inpatient. We have a little bit of specialties within our facilities, mm-hmm. but just with my involvement with CHIME, I mean, I've met CIOs in different verticals that I may not never even considered, right. the ones that do maybe just rehab services or acute facilities, I've always been a part of a hospital system. And so that has exposed me into, you know, what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. All right. Well, I could certainly talk to you longer, but uh, in the interest of our time, um, I think we should wrap things up. But it's been really interesting to hear about what you're doing and, uh, and your career as well. And I think that our readers and listeners will appreciate this perspective. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you again, Kate, for asking me for the interview today. I look forward to any dialogue, maybe with any of the readers or listeners, and I hope that we can continue to partner. That sounds great. Thanks again, and um, hope to speak with you again, maybe at your next gig. (laughs) Fabulous. Sounds great. All right, thank you, and, and have a good afternoon. Thank you, you too. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, Visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.